Hi, everybody. This week, we have Kara Perdue on the show. She's a social work grad student who talks through her experience finding her identity and celebrating her queerness. Special cat interruptions included in this special Rumi episode. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Beaming. say that every single episode because I'm just so excited always. But as you can tell, my guest and I are, well, you can't tell, you're listening. To this. <laughs> my guest and I are actually sitting next to each other. So this is the first recording yeah. ever where we're both in the same place. And that is because today we have my roommate, Kara Purdue on the show. Welcome, Kara. Hi, Sky. <laughs> oh, I am so happy to be here. I have consumed a large amount of cake. Uh, <laughs> beaming cake? Beaming branded cake. And Honestly. I'm completely ready. <laughs> You've been a fan since the beginning, a supporter. I, I have been blessed with the most wonderful roommate to deal with all my shenanigans, including having a beaming cake in the kitchen for approximately five weeks. I would not <laughs> call that a shenanigan. Okay, it's a staple in our kitchen at this point. <laughs> We're scared to throw it away because it'll mess with the feng shui of the room. I honestly think. It's part of the room now. It really is. (laughs) Well, we're so happy to have you on the show, Kara. Would you mind just giving everyone a little glimpse into who you are, what you're up to, where you are in the world right now? So who I am, my name is Kara. I'm a... I've known Sky, known you since I think we were around 18-ish, 17, 18. Probably 17, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been a while. But, you know, we've had a lot of periods of our life that we weren't really together, like keeping tabs on each other super mm-hmm. closely. So I grew up in Virginia. Um I'm from Nova, Northern Virginia, along with Skye. And I went to school in Virginia. I did undergrad at the University of Virginia, just a lovely place. And then I needed to get the heck out of here and decided to just be a dramatic, you know, 22-year-old. And I moved to California for a couple of years and I've made my grand return to Virginia here in Richmond, the capital of the state, which is such a lovely city. And I feel like I'm enjoying it so much more now that I live with you here. Where are you in school now and what are you studying? Yeah, so I am in graduate school now um, studying social work. So yeah, this is something I've been thinking about for a really long time. I think Back when I was an undergrad, it was something I was considering as a career, but I really wanted to take my time to think about that and make sure I was ready to commit to that career. You hear a lot about, and Sky's parents are both social workers, so they've been really lovely mentors for me to talk to, and we need to, I need to talk to them more about. Yeah, my dad more than my mom, but they have worked together for many years, and they both have a lot of experience, and they're obsessed with Kara, so that, you know, (laughs) just helps the same. 
I'm obsessed with them. Okay. I go into Sky's parents' house. I go straight into the kitchen. I ignore all of my peers. I go straight to Mr. Lindbergh and Mrs. Lindbergh. And they keep her there for 90% of the evening. Too long. No, no, no. Never enough. But yeah, so social work is something I've thought about for a really long time. And I think it's really perfect that timing has has worked out. It's nice to be working towards something right now at this time of Mm -hmm. such uncertainty and to kind of know that what I'm working towards is both important to me and hopefully important in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Just all we can hope for. uh... Yeah, having a focus at a time like this is definitely nice. I Mm -hmm. feel like you and Olivia are both working so hard in your programs and it's nice to learn about them because when you're living with someone, you kind of get a glimpse of what they're working on. So you're also doing an internship. It's part of your program or is it just like you have to complete it by the end of your program? Yeah, it's, it's part of my program. It's sometimes hard to like connect the two. Okay. Because I just get, I get really into, you know, when I, when I'm in a position where I'm working for an organization, my focus is primarily just on like, on that, that job that I'm needing to fulfill. Mm -hmm. So thinking about that in terms of it being part of my education is, is funny, but I think that's kind of the, that's kind of the point, you know, it feels like the right kind of environment where I do want to like work in the future, you know, so it's been good. But yeah, being online, doing everything virtually is not ideal. It's not ideal for me. I get pretty anxious around like cameras and, Mm. you know, in like virtual interactions, I definitely have like social anxiety in a different way than I do with people in real life, you know? Interesting. So I've been feeling that for sure. It's also such a personal thing having someone like looking in your space. I mean, there are some people love it. Some people love just kind of rolling out of bed and hopping into class, but I can see how it could be nerve wracking and just like a totally different experience. None of my classes that I took in school were online. So I have no idea even the functionality of it all. So I can't imagine, but I hope that you're still learning and enjoying your classes and meeting people. Are you able to get to know people? Definitely. But again, that goes back to kind of like, I think a place where I do really feel the like virtual nature Mm -hmm. of the program. Yeah. Because you know, in order to make those connections with classmates requires a message or a text, you know, like some true, some way of virtually connecting with someone, which is, I think, pretty vulnerable. It's like formal in a way that just chatting with someone and like getting sitting next them. to you yeah. or like when you're walking out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But there's definitely opportunities for connection. And I think you know, when you're a part of uh, whatever type of community, whether it's in your job or school or whatever, right now, I think you can feel that other people are also wanting to be able to connect through this medium. So that is kind of in the air. So it does feel easier to like start forming these virtual relationships, but I miss people. I miss real interactions. (laughs) That's why it's so great that we're getting to do this interview in IRL. 
(laughs) I agree. Yeah. Wow. It must be so different to be in school virtually. You guys are, are strong for giving it a shot and doing all you can doing your best, but yeah, it's a different world probably than you assumed your grad school experience would start off. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. But I think the fact that everyone's in it together, Mm -hmm. you know, none of my classmates are necessarily stoked about the virtual format either. (laughs) So sharing in that with people has been really a helpful, you know, you're all in it together and learning. and And I think that can extend to a lot of things, you know, True. just this weird, uh, unique shared experience we're all having yeah you know time we're in Mm -hmm. and it's a very different time from when we met like you said back in high school we were connected um by a mutual friend (laughs) shout out Hey, Maddie. Hey, girl. So we were at different high schools, but Maddie and I were in the same program, and you were really close with Maddie and and ended up meeting my friends, and now we're all a big, happy family, which I'll be so thankful for forever. Do you remember the first time that we met? Um, It it would have had to have been during the academy, right? Yeah. I I do. I you know, when you kind of have this perception of a group of people and mm-hmm. you you don't, you can't pinpoint, you know, the individual. So I yeah. knew of this, this like, magical, this land, magical <laughs> land, which was a very special class that Sky and my best friend were in. And they're both extremely talented artists. They're singers and actors. And so it was a music, it was a musical theater class um, for students who were really passionate about it, not just like your typical high school theater class. People who actually saw that, you know, in their professional future. So I got to meet Sky in that context. So I've always known Sky to be like a talented, incredible superstar. So it's really cool that I've gotten to follow her journey and now be a guest on oh her my gosh. <laughs> but you saw me from the start. But I yeah, also knew was... you as a talented musician because you and Maddie would post your videos on YouTube. I was your biggest fan. Uh, not, we're not so good. I'm gonna place a clip in right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we don't need to hear. You don't need it to hear me so rapping good. at 18 to an acoustic. I listen to it all the time. <laughs> You know, though, we all know this trend. It was a thing. It was a big old YouTube trend. You had, you know, a bunch of just girls and acoustic guitars trying to, like, remake pop hip-hop tunes. Yeah. And uh, we partook. It was was quite the time. Oh, my God. In hindsight, slightly troubling, problematic, perhaps. But... (laughs) So I watched you in those videos. And then I think, well, I'm pretty sure I saw you like at Academy. But I think the first time we ever actually were in the same, like, hung out was when we went to um, Noodles and Company. Oh, Do you remember goodness. that? Was, uh, we went with Brianna and it was like the four of us. I, I have a picture of the, I'll post it. I have a photo, <laughs> our first, first photo together. Luckily, you know, Maddie always made us take photos no matter where 
thank no God. matter what. And honestly, I was annoyed at the time, but <laughs> she was like, you'll thank me one day. And I do, because now I have a photo of our first official. Mm. Yeah, see, yeah. yeah, most people wouldn't have photographed that for some hanging out. <laughs> like literally yeah, just in eating noodles. <laughs> noodles and company. Yes, yeah. everybody, we're at a chain we are quick service <laughs> company. Uh, never forget. But I feel like we were both really different people back then. Mm-hmm. Through high school and growing so much through college and after and through our relationships, through our friendships and schooling. Like we have been through ups, downs, lefts, rights. And I think that's something about our friendship that. I cherish is that even if we went years without physically being in the same space or maybe even just like throwing out a text every few months or something like I never felt I always knew that you would be in my life especially you also going to school with Maddie Reiner and like I knew the connection would always be there and it's just like I feel like I'm in a weird alternate reality where we're all living together now. Yeah, and it's right. like, it's so funny. I never back then would have like yeah. even felt like known this moment would exist. Mm-hmm. And it feels, it just feels so right. It's it just does. so perfect. It's crazy. Yeah. Like I, yeah. Like that sense. I always kind of, you have that sense with certain people that yeah. you, you know that your friendship's going to last and you don't freak out about the fact that you're not, connected at the hip and yeah like, you know yeah because there's just that that sense of ease there of knowing like oh this is a person thank god <laughs> I got to meet them and got to know them and they'll always be there so it's really you were there in the moment I really needed you and I needed an apartment <laughs> oh my god and it was so I could not believe it our mutual <laughs> Our mutual friend who, um, she and I both lived here in Richmond and I was looking for a new apartment frantically in August, (laughs) as was our mutual friend, Olivia, our other roommate. Mm -hmm. And when Olivia told me that, yeah, we're already looking for something, (laughs) I I, I think my like heart exploded because I was so stressed. (laughs) I was just, it was, it was, you know, I just had a lot of negative thoughts around the idea of moving and it just really shifted that. It was just such a perfect timing. Yeah. And Olivia texted me and was like, so weird change of events. Kara's also looking for somewhere to live. And I was like, oh my God. Oh oh my God. Are we going to, we're going to look for three bedroom apartments now. That is crazy. And it was the best surprise ever. And We'll definitely share some some roomy stories later <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because we've had a great time here so far. But speaking of kind of like our transitions through being in the same place during high school and then, you know, moving on into the world, we wanted to talk a little bit about identity. So when I met you back in high school, did you feel like you were living like your full identity your potential your truth hell no (laughs) absolutely not oh my goodness I mean I had I had some really good friendships and I have some really good friends of a handful you know of really good relationships that I formed just you know during this coming of age time you know but yeah I was I really it took me (laughs) That is, if, if you all heard that, that is the gallop 
of my of my little cat. I don't know if you all knew when I was warning you guys about when we were talking about being roommates. I was like, okay, I come with a cat. Let me just tell you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, a cute little cat. That's perfect. I, I tried to warn you all and nobody believed me. What a menace this guy could be. We love him. We love him. We love him so much. But yeah, I don't know. I high school, I was just very much... I would say, like, my identity was Mm -hmm. just as quiet as I could keep it, (laughs) you know, just like, just the whole fitting in thing. It's like so relatable. You know, it's easier to just kind of go with the flow of like, whatever the generic trends are. Yeah, with the crowd. Interests and stuff. I mean, in high school, especially because at that time, you're just like insecure about everything and the scary time to stand out oh what is going on oh man yeah when I was in high school I would say that was probably the most I was probably the least my quote-unquote self Mm -hmm. at that time and I think Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the case for a lot of people but you know when you're when you're like a little kid it takes a while before like social pressures start kicking in Mm -hmm. and kind of telling you like, oh, that your like natural interests or inclinations are weird or something. And then you kind of suppress them. And Mm -hmm. so, and I think, yeah, like for, at least for me, and I I think, I don't think other, some people can relate to this. Some people, I actually like look back and like really admire some of the people who I knew in high school who I felt like were themselves at the Mm -hmm. time. Like seeing where those people are now is like really beautiful. Yeah, I was hiding. I was in hiding, I would say. And not just from like my identity, like gender identity or sexual orientation, but just wanting to hide and not be noticed, you know? Yeah. And I did have some really great friendships though, where I I felt really, really comfortable. Yeah. Still, it felt easier. Yeah. To just go under the radar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was there a time, like, was it in college when you felt, like, truly free and and wanting to then express the things you said you were suppressing or kind of, like, laying low on? Yeah, I think college is that time for everybody, right? But for me, it even took a little time throughout college, you know? I can remember my first year of college as a time where I, I kind of conformed more to the mainstream culture of my college, which happened to be a school called UVA, which is very known as like very like preppy. Happened to be Mm -hmm. a school. Yeah. And so I I just kind of like rolled with the whole like going to football games, getting really drunk and, you know, and I I enjoy, I really enjoyed myself because I, again, met some really awesome people and I don't feel as though like people with again, quote unquote, mainstream interests are like any less incredible and people to have in your life. But yeah, at the same time, I wish that I had uh, maybe met certain people who like pushed me to and pushed myself, you know, to kind of dig a little deeper and see what I was really interested in besides the social scene of college partying and all that, you know, so I definitely fell into that scene for A good year and a half, at least, you know, in college until I decided what I described earlier about getting the hell out of Virginia. (laughs) And 
when right. I was in college, I, I kind of decided uh, when I kind of started reflecting and seeing myself kind of just like getting stuck and just rolling with the easiest way of being myself without being noticed so much, you know, mm-hmm. I started noticing that I was stuck being somebody who I didn't really feel fulfilled by, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it was around that time that I decided I really just wanted, I really wanted to disconnect and I chose a study abroad trip that was very disconnecting. <laughs> well, very connecting. <laughs> right. Do you want to tell us? But very bit? disconnecting, at least from like America. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, after after that period of time of kind of continuing to like conform and hide and partying, I decided that I wanted to study abroad in India in a Buddhist monastery. So And well, there were a few uh, coincidences and things that led to that particular location. But I think ultimately where I was looking was like to like go into the mountains, you know, (laughs) I think that was kind of what first drew me to that part of the world was like the Himalayas, honestly. And also just that idea of being really far away and being kind of remote I, I wasn't interested in going to a different city. I think sure. there was something I, I craved, a place where I could kind of discover who I am mm-hmm. outside of societal pressures and stuff, you know, or at least the ones I was familiar with. That sounds so lovely. Just it was, that idea. <laughs> right? And that you got to do it. I did it. I really did. I wanted, I ha- I wanted to run away and I did, but it wasn't. I don't think running away is really even the right word for it because yeah. it was more like running towards a deepening yeah. of my human experience, <laughs> which at the time though, I just kind of thought of it. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's easier to figure out your mindset in hindsight. Cause I, I didn't know what I was doing and why I wanted to go there, but it really, that trip really altered my perspective on a lot of things a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm really glad I did that. So when you returned from that trip, is that when you started to really accept your identity and Mm -hmm. be more open about it and want to kind of express yourself in whatever ways that led you to, or did it still take some time to Mm -hmm. kind of accept? Yeah, it definitely took time. I remember that trip was a big point for me in that I within this very strange remote study abroad trip in a monastery, I had my first significant relationship with a woman and it was so much easier to do it. You know, it was was so much easier to do it there, I think, because not just to do it there, but to like be in that place where I like really allowed myself to just like roll with those feelings it was nice to be able to explore that part of myself more in a place that felt disconnected, you know, from in a, you know, in a, an environment and also like in an internal environment. Yeah. Where it I felt wasn't safe so, in that way. Was, yeah, I wasn't so, yeah. And I mean, I had prior to that, I think, you know, going off to college is a big time where you really get to kind of just meet a whole brand new community of people. And, you know, I think it's like people asking you questions about yourself and when they know nothing and they they don't come from your hometown or it's definitely like a 
really great space to kind of like be able to like actually speak your identity or mm-hmm. into existence. So I think like going to college is kind of when I would start casually coming out to friends at a time where I, I didn't actually really know for sure exactly what my sexual oriented what even is the like phrase that you use for that I don't even know I couldn't tell you I'm see I'm bad at talking about it honestly because I'm something is just like natural and you want it to just be a normal thing it's annoying to have to be like oh my sexual identity or orientation or like yeah yeah so I really love when you use the term like queer or like you express your queerness like when you say that I that's that's my I I like that a lot that's my like real you know go-to term for understanding this stuff it's just my queerness you know and it's been I think everybody has their own I mean of course everybody has their own journey with that but yeah, so I, I do feel like college is a place where it just presents an environment where you can kind of like redefine yourself, you know, and maybe start to see yourself as queer mm-hmm. and have the the space and the conversations to like start to express that to other people. And I think sometimes to express it to yourself too, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I think one of the, something that we were talking about yesterday, just about how important it is uh, that people like ask the questions. Going to college for me wasn't like a grand like liberation period Mm -hmm. because I kind of ended up gravitating towards a pretty like heteronormative social circle, you know? So even when I would kind of come out in my casual, unsure way to some of my friends in college, Mm -hmm. I think it would have been different if I had had those discussions with friends who were queer themselves, you know, and also just that I was prompted. And I think that that was uh, the group of people who I studied abroad with was a pretty queer group, you know, like, especially in like the women and non-binary people on our trip. Many of us were queer. First of all, the conditions were just perfect for that, like self-discovery, because I, you know, was in that place that was so just kind of decontextualized, you know, in general. And, and also like having people around me that would ask that question in an open way, just ask what kind of people do you like? Like, who are you into? Mm -hmm. Gender, not even. And it's that easy. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't have to be anything more than just a question, Mm -hmm. a a curiosity, just wanting to know someone a little deeper. I think people are are more accepting and, and wanting to be a part of that conversation more, but I feel like when we were growing up, that's not really like a thing you would ask someone Mm -hmm. or maybe our friend group just didn't think about it or didn't put ourselves in other shoes um I don't know but that's a great group to be with and to get to learn about other orientations other preferences and be able to kind of start shaping your own yeah that's reflecting on that it definitely affirms to me just how important it is to have people around you who are actively open-minded and asking questions and not assuming just that it's it's just it was so powerful for me and I can like really see that looking back now too it goes like 20 at the time of that trip when I just started to understand my 
sexuality better. Yeah, no, it was the, the environment was everything. Okay. And then when you came back, you got to start opening up and did you find a time when you wanted to express to your family or your parents? Yeah, I was, I was just thinking about this yesterday too. I was like, when did I come out to my parents? I don't know. Um, I think, well, first of all, coming back to UVA was, it wasn't, it wasn't quite, I mean, I definitely, I I had had a significant just experience of actually exploring a relationship with another woman. So that kind of definitely started a lot more conversations than I hadn't previously had with friends or conversations that were kind of more about me being curious or whatever and turned into, you know, there was, I had something to go off of. And so, you know, like in certain ways I was, I was definitely getting to be more comfortable with my sexuality. And I think at this point, when I had come back from that trip, I started kind of getting closer to different people that I hadn't been as close to in my party years and just spending more time having deeper conversations with friends and less mm-hmm. time like <laughs> with friends at the same time though I, I definitely still felt that my re-entering like for instance thinking about like dating apps you know like yeah. I was always really I don't think I did ever like go on to a dating app in Charlottesville just because I don't know you would have to make the decision of yeah. like how to set your preferences or whatever. And that's a big step. Oh yeah. Like that's what I'm referring to, I guess. Cause I don't know if I ever was on dating apps with like seeking males. Yeah. I just, I do. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do remember that. Like I, I still kind of felt a wall come up again for okay. sure. Yeah. Re-entering this place where I had for so long, just kind of like flown under the radar with, you know, unnamed sexuality and yeah that really has to do with like the different like degrees to which people in like the queer (laughs) community but I do I think about that a lot like just like my privilege as a queer person Mm -hmm. um and I you know as the years have gone by I've I've become more comfortable presenting um just physically in my like appearance in a more androgynous manner and sometimes you know more masculine manner some like to you know call my look a little soft butch you know (laughs) I love that though but it's so fun it's it's fun to like find those terms that like resonate with you sure you know because yeah I think for so long like nothing resonated with me like my style my personal style my way of presenting was literally just do so in the way that draws the least attention to yourself sure yeah you know, so I didn't come out to my family until I was actively in a serious relationship. Okay. And I remember thinking about it because I was at a certain time coming out to a lot of my friends because, or just coming out in a more concrete way. Like I discussed with my friends before, like that I was unsure of where I was on the spectrum or whatever, but Yeah, it's funny that it took that, you know what I mean? It's almost like I needed something to like actually force me and be like, you have to share this with them because there is a significant part of your life that you wouldn't be sharing with them otherwise. Mm -hmm. But it's like, 
I wish that I would have, you know, realized at a younger age that whether or not I was actively like in a relationship with someone who that relationship defied heteronormative ideas and stuff. I wish that I had still understood the value in sharing that with my family. Yeah. Um, I'm really lucky to have such a crazy open-minded family. So coming out was not difficult for me, but I still put it off as long as I could. (laughs) And I'm like, why, you know, Um, probably a lot of people feel that way. We're in that position. mm -hmm. I am on the other side of it. Like I didn't even know that there was any deeper part of my identity until I was in a relationship or wanted to be, or thought I was going to be. So for me, it was more of like, I didn't even have time to think about who I was or what this meant or anything before I told my parents, because I didn't like, it was already starting. I I was kind of like, I told them at the most vulnerable and most scared and most questioning spot. So I almost wish I had time before I told them, you know, but at the same time, that meant that we got to grow and learn together and I got to be open with them for the whole start to that kind of part of my life. Mm -hmm. I want to believe that it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And it might have been nice to tell them a little earlier, but that was the time you were supposed to tell them. And Mm -hmm. you said they were open to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got the classic response of like, Kara, we knew. (laughs) Essentially kind of. Yeah. They were, they were pretty much like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, we were pretty much ready for that. And my grandma said the same thing, not in like a, Oh, we, you know, but it wasn't in this, like, I think that honestly can be a really annoying, um, or unwanted response response from in a lot of circumstances because it's almost like this like judgmental thing but for me and just my particular circumstance it it really it didn't come across like that it came off as loving yeah it was very loving it was just kind of like we know you you know like we know who you are and it's all good but I think also yeah it goes back to me thinking about my privilege and my particular shoes as a queer person where I'm not of the group that feels threatening to anyone particularly or that uh, others fear and also just you know being able to just like pass you know I really I don't have to have a sense of fear Mm -hmm. over retaliation against my identity or violence against my identity so I think that plays a big part in just like how comfortable I felt with not needing to state my identity or come out, you know, because I was just allowed to feel comfortable and not defining it exactly, you know, and I think a lot of people aren't able to do that. So it's a very privileged place to be. I definitely mm-hmm. feel that as well. It's just really important to be met with that love, you know, because I think I just felt stronger and stronger as a queer person and stronger to be myself when I knew that like my family knew what was up when like yeah. I had them behind me yeah so I, I think it's, just, it's so important for <laughs> buddy buddy please what is under there what is this little fucking thing what is it but yeah um, man coming out coming out we always talk about coming out you know 
Yeah. It's a forever process, you know? Yeah. Like everybody says, but it really would just be nice if everybody had to come out, you know? Straight people had to come out. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I was like just thinking, what is a way that we could get rid of it? But I guess the only way to get rid of it is make everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a thing because we're different, you know, we're defying the norm in some way. A lot of kids are coming out on TikTok these days. Oh, yeah? It's like the most heartwarming content Aww. out there. I do. I, I love like a beautiful like coming out story. And honestly, I tell the story of coming out to my grandpa is kind of a beautiful coming out story. Like, you know, it's really? pretty cute. He just responded. It, it was just his response. I'll just never forget because it literally didn't he didn't miss a beat. You know, like as soon as I I told him, he's just like, honey, I'm so proud of you. That's what he said. He literally said he was oh. proud of me. And I was just like, oh. like, that's just like beyond, you know what I mean? That's like truly actually not just being like, oh, like, okay. You know, like acceptance. And yeah. He took the time to acknowledge that. Well, first of all, he's proud of you for being yourself and like yeah. expressing yourself, but also being brave to share with the world and your friends and family too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I just, it was, it was so real. Cause like really he was just happy in learning more, like learning more about me, you know, yeah. just like knowing me deeper, that he was really proud to know that I was becoming more of myself, you know, or becoming more comfortable with myself. And like, that's how we should always perceive, you know, True. our loved ones, like sharing something about themselves with us, you know, it was just really beautiful. Again, I'm very, very lucky. I have cool, cool family. So coming out is one thing. And when you came out, did you have an idea about gender or was it mostly just who you were attracted to or you know your relationship and how did kind of thoughts of going further into queerness and gender and all the exploration there how did those thoughts come about mm -hmm. it really it's just such a process you know what I mean yeah. so like I think some people don't really like acknowledge or recognize like the I you know um, bisexuality like mm -hmm. they should and I think one reason for that is just because a lot of people have had the experience of like the first time you like come out you're not necessarily gonna like get to it all you know what I mean sure. so like I've come out as bisexual you know I've come out and been like y'all guess what I just found out I'm actually just gay <laughs> you know and I love that like that's kind of that's sort of my you know, that's kind of the term I actually, that resonates with me most. Um, it's just gay. Mm -hmm. But also, yeah, I'm kind of like in the process right now of, I think over the past like few years of thinking about my gender as well, you mm -hmm. know, which is, it's always a process. It's just like about like self-discovery. And I think it's also, again, about like being in spaces where these questions are asked, mm -hmm. you know? Do you specifically identify with a given gender? Do you think it's all kind of a mishmash? Yeah, I I truly, I think like every week I like have a different, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it's just being in that process of knowing that my gender isn't just default. I don't know. But I don't think anybody, I think everybody's gender identity is actually like a lot more complicated, you know. Right, it's just... Yeah whether the world is like putting up obstacles that 
make you have to like discover that, you know? So like, I still am very, I'm still very much comfortable with she, her, hers pronouns. Mm -hmm. And I'm also very comfortable identifying like as a woman. Mm -hmm. I just, I find that that gender category to be just like so powerful. And um, at the same time, I've always like, I've always not really subscribed to or identified with like certain feminine characteristics and um, haven't identified with those personally. And just as I've gotten older, I've like presented less and less like feminine and also Mm -hmm. like really acknowledged that there's something in me that's like very, it's almost like picking up on the clues yeah. On your own clues, you know? Yeah. So just like when I first cut my hair short, which I, which didn't happen until after I graduated college, mm-hmm. literally like right after that, again, I guess I like felt kind of like free from worrying about like, oh, having to like show off this like new drastic haircut. Because mm-hmm. you always like, had really, really long hair. Yeah. Like, and at the of- time... When I cut it short, it was, like, kind of shorter. Like, I'd kind of, like, been okay. chopping it incrementally. Okay. But, like, when I when I actually cut my hair and, like, saw myself, I really, like, thought I – I was, like, I saw myself through the eyes of, like, myself as a kid. That's who, so like, always wanted to look like that, kind oh. of, you know? Like, I remember when I was, like, in, like – I had this whole, like, issue for, like, years when I was really little where, like, my hair was just always a hot mess. Like, so tangled. My mom would have to, like, cut my hair like, sometimes oh because I would God. have such crazy tangles because I just, like, didn't want to deal with it. And it was always just, like, up and away. Like, I never, like, liked it, mm-hmm. you know? Interesting. Okay. And I never – I also never – consciously thought like oh like as a kid like oh I want to like alter my appearance I mean I I dressed like I didn't like wearing dresses and stuff and I think I sort of I was a major tomboy like really just spent a lot of time playing outside with the boys and whatnot but yeah it was just so funny I so that's what I when I think about like gender and stuff I feel like we're like the most in touch with that like when we're lit, like when we're just like kids, you know, yeah. but yeah, no, my parents were always really open and like really just like didn't care. Like they weren't trying yeah. to like force me to like be girly or anything. Sure. And I think it was really just like getting into school and like becoming friends with other little girls and stuff mm-hmm. that just kind of I ended up kind of boxing myself into that, you know, like I can't even remember like school picture days. I would be like, like, you know, you want to like dress nice. Yeah. But I would, my perception of like dressing nice or like dressing up was always like wearing something like a little girlier than I would normally wear. Interesting. You know? And I guess that's, that's kind of common in general, like dressing up to like your gender typically exaggerates like the style of that gender, you know? Um, Yeah. That's so interesting though. In that moment you saw yourself like through the eyes of your younger self Mm -hmm. that's so interesting like I was I was like I was like this feels so good and I was like it's because like my little like six-year-old self is like oh my gosh Kara you look exactly how I want you to look it was really nice Kara what do you think what do you think tell us what do you think so would you say someone who might want to introduce using different pronouns into their life like I've been trying to make myself more aware of how to be open to asking what someone's pronouns are or an example we were talking about the other day that's easy is dropping it in your bio or your mm-hmm. email signature or something like that because I don't know it's something that is 
important and mm-hmm. we should start making a larger part of our interactions when we first meet someone. Yeah, definitely. I, I very much understand that people are totally socially conditioned to want to just use these predefined pronouns that yeah. we've got. First of all, yes, I think like just like owning your own pronouns, even if like for me, like I don't know if my pronouns are going to stay the same throughout my life, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm I don't know. But owning with like what I have right now is just such an important way of um, opening up that space to be like, hey, here are my pronouns. Therefore, I get like I'm not going to assume yours either, you know. So putting it in like dating profiles and social media and stuff like that, I think is like just really important to make those like technological spaces more, you know, just like open and welcoming. Yeah. Yeah. But another thing that I I like try to recommend to my family and, you know, that the holidays coming up and whatnot, I think it's important to practice verbally as well. It's one of those things that people just act like, oh, it's just so crazy calling someone they, them. It's like, it's really not, especially if you just like put a little intention into it, like you can get used to it really quickly. And usually you're not challenged to do so unless you have somebody in your life who uses like they, them pronouns. And then there you go. Like that's your place to practice, but not everybody has somebody in their life or especially, you know, in their immediate circle, especially right now where all of our circles are really contained. Yeah. Um, Not everyone has someone like what I try to do is like when I just, when I don't know someone yet, you know, like whether or not you see someone's name and you think your brain automatically jumps to a pronoun for them. I think a good way of practicing is just yeah, just practice in those moments. Be like, okay, I haven't met this person yet. This person's name might be Stephanie. It might be John. But either way, I don't know them yet. I don't know their gender yet, you yeah. know? And just they for that, you know? So I even told my mom, I don't know if this would work, but I tried to get her to, or to refer to one of her chickens by using they, them. Because I was seriously like, because there was this one chicken. Oh, and she has a chick, she has chickens. Yeah, my mom has chickens. And for chickens, it's like, you really want them to turn out to be hens. Okay. Because if they're roosters, they're gonna be loud (laughs) there's gonna be like noise ordinances and stuff and also they're not laying eggs and they're just a mess like you don't want a rooster like they're aggressive yeah no so like when we get my mom like hatched some chicken eggs not (laughs) a few months ago and one of the chickens we like really were hoping was a hen really like sometimes you can kind of pick up on like their sex tendencies yeah and so I was like you know mom like this could be a really great place to practice like we don't know this chicken's gender yet so you know when you refer to Prince the uh, we also named the chicken <laughs> after a lovely androgynous figure, but we named them Prince. And I was like, practice your pronouns on the chicken. Like, yeah. why not? You know what That's I mean? Awesome. Like just finding opportunities, I think, to just try to get yourself linguistically like used to it. And, but especially I would just like for me, it's been a really good practice because I've needed to practice, too, just because like I'm queer doesn't mean that I'm a major, I've also spent most of my life using just he and she, 
you know, oh yeah, pronouns. So we all need to practice. And queer people oftentimes are surrounded by more queer people. So it's like you're in that social circle where you're practicing, but a lot of people just aren't. Yeah, I think you can practice in other ways just by not jumping to conclusions about people that you might not know yet, you know? Or even if you do meet somebody and you're like, you maybe saw them and saw certain like features of theirs but you haven't like gotten to know them yet or like you just don't, you don't know how they identify yet. So just like be open to taking the next step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course asking. Yeah. Which is like really important. I know I can speak from my own perspective and say that I find it like really powerful. Like I feel very comfortable and really, really appreciate when someone asks for my pronouns, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And especially like sometimes it's, you know, certain settings it's, happening already you know like in school like in classes you know I think a lot of colleges at least my my college is very like we're uh asked to state our pronouns quite often which is fantastic but in those like more informal settings like don't be afraid to ask people you know and the more you ask people the less afraid you're going to be to ask people because you realize it's not weird and if you can know your own pronouns and be willing to like that's true. Steve, that's a start. Too. So much to think about, but <laughs> just such a lovely conversation. So what comes next for Kara? And this is not like, you know, where are you going to be in five years? I don't think that's a, a real, a real thing. But do you have any like dreams or hopes like from what you're learning with your degree or just in general? Other than to be my roommate as long as Yeah, possible. yeah. I'm trying to make sure this one never leaves me. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I want to stay in Richmond for a little bit. I'm I'm currently uh, just finished up my first semester of my grad school program for social work. And Richmond is awesome. For I, At this point, the majority of the time I've lived in Richmond has been during this pandemic. So... I'm looking forward to sticking around in this city and like, yeah, like a goal of mine is just to like really feel, at least thinking about this, like in this, these geographic terms, really like getting to know this community, you know, and working here. And I think one of the things that's made me feel more connected to Richmond lately is that I am working with people who are living in Richmond and who are experiencing oppression, racism, just all these, all these forces here in Richmond. So I'm able to, if it feels less overwhelming to be able to like, understand like what's going on locally, you know, and I'm just like at the beginning of that journey of kind of feeling like really a part of this community here. But yeah, in the next like few years, I want to, I want to keep that experience going, you know, of being a part of a city. I think as young people and just like in the the nature of the way like the world works now and like jobs and like corporations and capitalism and stuff, everybody's always like herded to like these like really large cities for opportunity. Yeah. So I want to, I want to, I want to feel at home here. Love that. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, you have made this a home for me, and leaving is going to be very hard. We'll see when that ever happens. But I've loved living with you, and that is a perfect segue <laughs> to our segment for the day with Kara. Which my initial thought for the name of this segment is "Thanks for the Mems." Hey. <laughs> hey. So. 
gourds in this house? Gourds, gourds in this house? There's a gourds in this house. Gourds in this house. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> well, I mean, we there are memories that span back all the way to, you know, 2012, 2013. And we can go back to those too. But I thought we'd share some funny situations that we've uh, experienced while living together only for two months so far. <laughs> Feels like way longer in the best way. Um, I feel like our little guy uh, left us, but a lot of them involve him. Did uh, something happen the other day in the middle of the night that you would want to share with the group? Oh, dear. (laughs) Y'all, I cannot be the first cat owner who's ever had this exact situation happen. A couple weeks ago, I just, I got up for a little drink of water. Normally I have my water bottle full enough, but this particular evening I needed to get up at like 3 a.m. to go get some more water. I get really thirsty at night, you know? Anyway, (laughs) I get up to get some water and my little cat is just playing around at night, which is not abnormal because he is like a nocturnal little being and he gets crazy energy in the middle of the night and will like play with himself and stuff and meow at stuff randomly. But he was having a great time with this new toy I hadn't ever seen before. I was like, where did he get this toy? And in my middle of the night confusion, I don't know why I chose to reach down and grab the little mystery toy it was a mouse. It was <laughs> a mouse. Yeah, it was dead. It was it was dead though, I which was good. Believe. I don't know if my man's killed it or if he <sighs> found it in its corpse state. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. And we thought this was maybe the end of our mouse uh, <laughs> issue, but um, we thought. Then a few days later. I hear Kara talking to Akira and being like, what are you doing under that corner? Like, what are you looking at? And I walk in, I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, I think I see a tail sticking out from under my my dresser. I'm so glad you were there. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) I couldn't have done that alone. (laughs) Okay, that was a real... I was about to leave town. I should have just been like, sorry, gotta go, bye. (laughs) But instead, I stayed and we (laughs) proceeded. We thought that it was another dead mouse under your cabinet because the tail wasn't moving and Akira was like grabbing at it. Mm -hmm. We lift the, (laughs) the dresser. And I'm ready with my broom to sweep it out, just get rid of it. It was going to be a one and done. (laughs) It's gone. The tail has been, is not there. We proceeded to have the great mouse chase of 2020. (laughs) When that freaking mouse (laughs) runs all around. Akira is freaking the frack out, being a weird little dude. (laughs) And we still don't have that mouse in captivity. No, we have not caught that mouse. (laughs) Yeah, we've, well, yeah. I promise we live in a great building. We don't have rodent problems except for these. I'm laughing about how often we've continuously talked about how lovely our home is, how obsessed we are. We never want to leave. this brick. But there's mice. We don't know when the next will strike. It happens, you know. It happens. The rent's good. (laughs) 
I would but. say I love our little apartment. Um, another memory I'll keep from from our apartment is I'm looking at your wig over there, your Gordo wig. <laughs> it's, been <there. laughs> it's been there. I took that off on Halloween night and put it in that spot on Halloween night. Uh, yes, and it's still sitting in our <laughs> living room. We were Lizzie McGuire, Miranda, and Gordo for Halloween. Honestly, goals. Honestly, goals. That was so fun. We did our little, oh my God, if you believe. <laughs> this is my favorite part that we actually, or I, I think you, I spewed yeah. the idea and then I forgot about it. And you and Olivia just came through in the clutch with, yeah, with these red, with bouncy these red balls, balls from the around. title sequence. I, Olivia was, I was like, okay, there's two red ones left. Yes. And she's like, I think we only need one. And I was like, no, we need to be able to throw them at each other. It needs to be up. chaotic. Okay? Yeah. There need to be balls just <laughs> bouncing every which way. Oh yeah. my God. But I, I only assume that we'll make a lot, lot more memories in this little, our little apartment, which is actually quite large. We're all very shocked at how spacious this is. Um, it's a beautiful place. Plus a few mice, but a beautiful place. A few mice, but a brick wall, and that's really all. <laughs> I'll take a brick wall. I'll take a brick wall. You guys, everybody, yeah. the exposed brick wall is where it's at. I don't know if y'all knew we had one. If you're watching this on video, we're touching it. I think the first thing <laughs> I did when I got in here so was put just my little face up against the bricks <laughs> and to just feel the cool, cool bricks. Oh, my God. Cool as in cool, and also cool as in cool. Yeah. Yeah. My gosh. It's it's the center <laughs> of attention in this place. Can't go wrong. Other than a cure. They give the people what they want. The people <laughs> want exposed brick. Okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know you're not big on social media and such. And my Instagram is, uh, I am will proudly announce that it is uh, Purdue's Canoes. We'll link you in the bottom. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to get to know Kara, follow along in her life. Not extremely active, but, you know, it's okay. Well, I post the pictures mostly. Mm-hmm. Our third roomie is home. <laughs> oh my God, I'm interrupting something. <laughs> Kara, thank you so much for being on Beaming this week. It was so nice to talk to you, really in depth about all of these topics that you know sometimes we don't we don't get to hear people talk about and and aren't in our daily conversation sometimes. So thank you so much for being here. Mm-hmm. Well, I live here. <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah, I, I was forced. <laughs> no, I was dying. I was literally like, when I heard Sky had a podcast, I was like, all right, so when is she going to ask me? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I was so excited. Maybe I'll come back, you know. Let Sky know if you're a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> Call me I can back. just imagine the, the DMs being like, bring her back. It's been an honor. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Kara. I love you, Sky. I love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Beaming. You can catch us every Wednesday with a new episode. Make sure to let me know what you're thinking of these episodes and who your favorite guest has been so far. I hope everyone's having a wonderful start to their holiday season, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.